0: Welcome to Entrepreneurial Reality with Bash. Every week, we'll be speaking to startup and scale up founders to learn about them, their ambitions for the business, goals, and objectives. Every conversation is a moment in time, documenting entrepreneurs' current situation with a view to coming back next year to see how they are getting on. Each journey will be different, each innovation could be game changing. I hope you enjoy. Hey, this is Bash. Uh, It's the first of many conversations with founders of startup and scale-up organizations. Today, I have with me here, Adam Benzakry of Inflow AI. Uh, If you could introduce yourself.
1: Hi, listeners. So my name is exactly that, Adam Benzakry, here, uh, the founder of Inflow AI, uh, which is an AI content platform for brands and publishers. What we're trying to do is make it very simple and extremely efficient for these companies to uh, find and publish content online.
0: Um, yeah. Thank you, Adam. So, yes, first of a series of interviews uh, where we are going to understand where you are today, a moment in time uh, about the development of the product, about the uh, the accessing of funding uh, with view future growing and scaling and really changing the lives of many organisations with a particular problem. Uh, if we work back and look about your background, how did you get to here in the first place?
1: Great question. Um, so the business started off very different to what it is now. Um, it started off, um, I'm a massive, massive sports fan. So back in 2015, I launched uh, a product called SportsFix. Uh, which was the first ever sports news aggregation app. And I launched that alongside my co-founder, Toby, whose background is in law. Um, Two of us, massive fans, and we wanted to create a way for sports fans to follow their favorite teams, uh, athletes, very, very easily. It seemed crazy at the time. And as I say, it started as a project at the time that to get content, to consume content, Readers would have to go to so many different places to find them. You know, BBC, Sky Sports, ESPN, Sporting News. Why not aggregate that in an app? So it all started off in 2015 with the launch of that product, and how it went. Really, the next step of that and how it's changed to what it is now um, was the big moment for us. Was we went on uh, an accelerator. And you know, I'd encourage any new business, any new founder starting out to, to really go on those with a, with a really open mind and meet a lot of people. But for us, it was about meeting um, brands. It was about meeting publishers. Um, it was about meeting governing bodies, uh, bookmakers at the time. And back then we were pitching to these companies um, with Sportsfix, with our sports news app, um, with the plan of and with the aim to get these companies advertise on our product, uh, a very simple B2C product um, for these companies. They would get access to a lot of targeted users, sports readers, um, which was great and they were interested. Um, but that was an app and it's changed a lot now too. It's changed tremendously um, and it's now a B2B tool. Um, I guess what came out of that sort of whole journey of having this product out um, was that we found a much bigger problem? Um, the, speaking to these brands, speaking to these governing bodies, um, they found that content was a was a really big problem, and that sort of was the big thing for us. How do we help these companies find content and create content at scale? So that was the big sort of moment. But that's the journey so far.
0: Mm, interesting. Thank you. So you're currently looking for funding. I understand that you're on the syndicate room, syndicateroom.com.
1: Yeah, that's right. So
0: you are very nearly to your target funding round. Uh, Can you just tell me a bit about that and the the people that are behind you already, the the major influencers in the market that have uh, credibility, experience and knowledge of this sector um, that people should be knowing and should engage with?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we've now done four rounds of funding and this is our fourth round of funding. Um, We've raised a million pounds to date, all from private investors throughout the journey. So as I was saying, back with SportsFits, our first investors were um, some guys and some directors from Sunseeker, actually, Mm. uh, where I used to work. Um, But sort of two years on, three years on, we've now got uh, a really good collection of uh, 20 private investors. And I'll talk you through the different people involved and um, all of them add value but all of them add value in very different ways. So I always think of it in sort of two different sort of types of people. Uh, one of which is successful entrepreneurs and founders. So we've got the founder of, uh, meantime brewery. Um, Love the beer. it's a great brand. It's a great pay can't be their pale ale. It's very, mm. it's very, very good. Um, the diet, the guys done very well. Um, He's one of our initial backers. Uh, but he his background is uh, he's CFO or COO of Meantime, so he's extremely good at the numbers and always always helps out with the financial forecasts and the spreadsheets, the assumptions that underpin this, is, you know, which is so so important. when people do look at your financials. Um, another another key founder in our business is the founder of Sunseeker Yachts. Um, you know, sold his business for nine hundred million. Um, he's all about the brand. Again, very different. Um, you know, people buy dream, you know, people want to use their boats because it's giving them such a dream experience and mm. how he talks about that is is always very useful for us in that selling and you know, giving really presenting and really focusing on the why of the product mm. and the benefits you get is fantastic to hear it from him always. Um then the sort of the other side of um the investment base is professionals. Not to say the other guys aren't professional, extremely professional people. Um We've got the the global, uh, the ex-global COO of Goldman Sachs and Equity Research. Um, Brilliant, he's invested in, in a few different companies. Um, he also is the venture partner at Hambro Perks. He's one of London's leading media funds as well. Uh, he's, invi- he's advised on the IPOs of Snapchat, Facebook, and some great experience And um, uh, from him. We've also got... Um, various bankers, lawyers involved, the GC of Monster Energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but really important for Inflow AI is given what we're doing with trying to create this platform to allow brands and publishers, what's really important is media expertise. Mm-hmm. So coming to the media professionals who invested, we've got a former head of new business at Trinity Mirror Group um, whose background was also in Double Click. Um, we've got a, we've got various media moguls. We've got a guy who sold a business to the publicist Group. Mm-hmm. Um, so lots of media expertise. The ex CEO of Havas Media Group, um, who's now just taken up a new role at Tink Labs, a big travel tech company based in Hong Kong. I think um, so. A real breadth of people. And coming back to your initial comment, you know, we are now live on Syndicate Room. So um, we're looking to raise a minimum of six hundred thousand, and we have, uh, as you say, we're very near. We're at five hundred thousand committed and we've Mm. got a week to go um syndicate room are for for the listeners who don't know are an equity uh crowdfunding platform um it's sort of there's a process to get on the platform but once you're on it um their fund matches what you procure so it's a good one if you want to sort of top up a round i'd say Mm. Um, but it's different it's all been it's the the four rounds have all been angel rounds today and in terms of the next steps we should always be talking about next steps Absolutely. it's going to be, we're eyeing up a, a more institutional raise next year. And this, this investment is really important for us because um, it provides the platform and foundation with a much more stable MRRs to, uh, to take us to that sort of new chapter of the business, which I'm most excited about. And, you know, there's lots of product and commercial milestones we've got to hit in the next six, eight, ten months mm-hmm. that really unlock that that new chapter, so extremely exciting time for the business.
0: Great, so with great backing there, there comes with it a, a great network to access organizations that will just really see true value in, in your platform. Um, it, with regards to the customers that you have already, you've got a keen interest, as you say, in, in sports. Mm. Uh, tell me a bit about some of the customers that you have and some of the applications uh, of your platform Inflow AI uh, in those customers? Yeah, so
1: Inflow AI. So the main thing to, to, to focus on first is that we've built a very um, valuable uh, system that extracts and categorizes content automatically. And this backend system, which we spent three years building um, and all the investments gone on, um, really powers our two products. And the first product to mention who uses it is... Uh, called Inflow AI Feed, um, and this is for uh, this is what this is. It's an automated plug-in of third-party content, so relevant content from across the web plugged into your um, various products. So, for example, for this service, the typical customer is a native app. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a marketing automation platform that needs more content. It could be for research purposes. Um, so that first service is really just an API, and it's a plug-in. Um, to give you an example, we work with some really interesting native apps, um, some up and coming apps. For example, Jaffa. Uh, they are a football app, they need lots of content, you know, the, certainly World Cup content, yeah. Go about. England, come Go on. Go England, it's coming home. Um, and it's uh, it's definitely coming home for, for Jaffa when they get all their, their relevant football content plugged in and that's it, that's how the product works. It just lets it run it. It runs by itself, there's no upkeep for the customer. And you know, why this is valuable, why inflow AI is valuable is the alternative is what? The alternative um, I know about because back in the sports fix days we were finding it very difficult to find relevant information relevant content in our product. and um, Inflow AI gives that, that, that ability now to plug in information rather than have to having to create and do the legwork of creating a software engineering team Which was it's never easy talents not easy to find but mm-hmm. um, no we help business in that respect. So that's our first product um, The second product um, again, powered by the same backend technology, and machine learning that powers that, which is the extraction of content, ensuring relevancy. And as I say, the categorization of content, mm-hmm. ensuring, um, again, relevancy and, and organizing the relevant categories come through powers in our second product, which is Inflow AI Edit. Um, so Inflow AI Edit um, is essentially a workflow tool. Uh, It's a workflow tool for digital teams, and the the point of the product is to give them an easy one-stop shop to create original content at scale. Original content that that resonates, and what we're able to do is pull in all different types of content, whether it's video, imagery, text, from anywhere across the web relevant for you as a customer, give them the tools to edit and collaborate um, in the workflow tool, and then publish. And where we can publish, the list is growing. We work with loads of different CMSs now mm-hmm. and diff- different digital channels, such as social media. But no, let's take an example. How does this work? So, um, one of our customers is a really interesting brand, Extreme International. So, Extreme, cool are, brand. yeah, do you know them, do really well, yeah. So, they used to be on TV, and uh, people probably know the EX brand from from there. Mm-hmm. Um, but a really good example because you know a multinational lifestyle brand. Um, they've got 50 million content views across their platform. Um, they need, they desperately need to publish really cool content every single day to, to keep those viewers and engagers inspired, and keep their brand active. And so, what we do is what our system is able to do is recommend um, trending content from across the web. Um, a really cool action sport video, you know, BMX uh, nutter doing a backflip and mm-hmm. obviously lands it. Unlike me, probably. Um, <laughs> Skateboarding video, a surfing video, all this mm-hmm. stuff we recommend to to uh, extreme, and they have the tools there to make changes, to make to make tweaks, make it original and on brand, and then publish it out, mm-hmm. and they publish it to their website. And really important for them, and typical as is the case with a lot of big brands, is they're not really monetizing their massive social media following. So in the case mm-hmm. of extreme, they've got a growing social media following as like, um, a very uh, obviously that's the key for them, it's is growing, but um, they have four million Facebook followers. Mm. And what's really important, what's happening now, is Facebook aren't allowing them to monetize that content effectively. But the idea is um, through pushing relevant content to their website, through Inflow AI, and capturing a really interesting area, they're able to drive engagement to their site. And crucially, they can monetize um, their following because through through Inflow AI, we, we partnered up with advertising an advertising network. So when you publish through our system, you also um, publish relevant ad- advertising on top of that content.
0: So so in addition to a, a monthly recurring revenue uh, or licensing scheme, uh, you are potentially generating revenue through advertisements as well. Correct. Through the brands publishing their content. Um, wow, well, okay. And that can scale significantly, especially when you consider 4 million viewers plus. Uh, for extreme, so yeah that you can scale very quickly That's
1: the idea I mean two sort of revenue streams for the business one is the typical SaaS subscription model Mm -hmm. um, monthly uh, subscription you know £500 a month and that scales for us depending on the number of websites you crawl from Uh um, which is great and it's doing well both products have that option of of no ads and a subscription fee but on top of that there is this more sort of um, uh, higher growth model which is really exciting for us, which is um, which, which can grow a lot quicker. It doesn't mean we have to sign up loads and loads of clients. It means what we do need to do is drive really interesting content mm-hmm. and bolt on relevant advertising on top of it and then split the advertising revenues between Inflow AI, of course, mm-hmm. the client who gets a really, you know, really exciting revenue stream for using our products and incentive to use our product. But also, this wouldn't be possible without the content creators. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to be that sort of... The good guys in town certainly but the marketplace uh, for media buyers you know we're taking content from content creators they should be rewarded for that too and so we can give a portion of our advertising revenue back to those creators interesting which is really important
0: yeah, that is that is and ultimately the consumer of the content drives activities so the attention you garner through more in context or contextual content presented I, I, I speak from per- personal experience around Uh, Going on a website, there was an interesting article I was really interested in seeing, but there was nothing in context below it that may have drawn my attention and uh, engaged me as a a consumer of of that content. So, yeah, I can see the real true value of of that proposition. Okay. Okay.
1: Look, content is king, but yeah. content is king is only if the content is good and the content is engaging. Mm. Um, and it's all about driving hang time. So all our products, we have a minimum of 30% driving in hang time. So it's so, so important. Yeah, relevancy is, is everything.
0: And you give a lot of this sort of analytics of engagement of, of the content back to the content producers, the brands. That are looking to sell through the content.
1: That's right, and a really good day to, to choose it because only really recently we've started working with a company in, based in Singapore um, who focus more on that analytics engine. We're the curation engine, okay. um, but a company we're working with now uh, called Open DNA and. Uh, the founder there, Jay, is a fantastic guy, and his focus is more on the analytics and telling companies how things are performing. Mm-hmm. And combining our offering of curation with content performance, it's a very it completes the cycle. Um, so really excited to be working with them, and obviously it's a distribution channel for both companies. So. Fantastic. Interesting times.
0: Yeah. So once you've closed your funding round, and successfully, of course, overfunded, maybe. <laughs> yeah. so, Which you'll we'll see. Yeah. hope so, Yeah. <laughs> Where are you specifically putting up money?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, so the first thing that's got to get out the door quickly, What well, the big focus for us right now is improving. For, so coming back to the two products, mm-hmm. um, second product, Inflow AI Edit, which we've got lots of interest for and big brands have you know signed up to use it, such as Premier In, Extreme, who I've mentioned, Novus Group, lots of interesting companies. Um, for them right now, they're expecting a big update, which is going to happen in Q3 this year for us. And a lot of the money is going in, powering that update so what that update will will really mean is companies will uh, be able to collaborate in the content creation phase Mm -hmm. Um, so there'll be there'll be a section within the workflow tool where you can save content Um, you can save content to boards and you can name the board whatever you whatever you want Um, and then with that board there's relevant content and from that from that board you can create really interesting information Um, so that that whole section is going to be new um, because right now you can't save information within our product, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really big update. So that's one part of it. Um, the second part is uh, machine learning. Look, that's really where the value is. And I've mentioned the extraction. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned the categorization. But there's loads of features we want to add. We really want to make it the content as personalized as, as possible. Uh, so personalization is a big focus for mm-hmm. us. Uh, trending content is a big focus for us. Uh, as well, recommending what's interesting and monitoring the sort of social peaks and stats around that is a big focus. And I really want to mention sort of one one final area on the updates and what we're focusing on. Um, one of our uh, engineers, our sort of our head of machine learning, um, his background is in AI, and he specifically um, did a thesis in multi-source summarization, which is. Um, the ability to scan multiple articles and condense the information from those articles into one succinct summary, which is super, super interesting because in the publishing world, we speak of pillar articles. We speak of how do you condense lots of information into one thing? Mm -hmm. Um, and what, what this is doing, what, why this is so valuable is because it's, it's doing the legwork of what a human would do. And that's what, that's what this is all about is how can we really benefit, customers through through machine learning powered by machine learning
0: Um,
1: and so the multi-source summarization enables that real originality of content Mm. um, so
0: so how how much time would that save an organization then if you were looking at an enterprise company with a very strong brand uh, a consumer-based product for instance uh you've got teams of people that are curating bringing together this content how much time do you think it could save an organization at ultimately costs because you are automating a lot of manual processes that may be out there at the moment. Absolutely, so let's say, depending you know, on the typical content
1: manager out there mm. is employed 30, 35,000 pounds a, um, a year to do that. And the whole point of this is for, in the, the price of one subscription model, uh, starting at 200 pounds a month, we're saving businesses an absolute fortune um, rather than spe- getting a human to spend all their time finding information, mm-hmm. which is the biggest part of content creation is, you know, where's my inspiration? Um, that curation part, that aggregation and finding of content, that browsing um, is is the most yeah. sort of time-consuming part. So if you compare it to the cost of, the, of a salary, mm. one unit of inflow AI is £200 a month. You can see already that the return that companies are getting.
0: Yes. So on a broader view of AI and, and the proliferation across Multiple industries. Well, where do you see AI going ultimately? Do you think we'll have a, a Terminator walking down the street eventually? God,
1: yeah, that's that's it, isn't it? So we're all going to be taken over by robots. Um, I mean, it,
0: that's also
1: always what you hear about when you go to the to different events. And I was an a, I was at an AI and sport event recently, and what what are its implications there? And um, the big thing, really, is you're only going to get as far as the data you can really feed. Your algorithms on. So, yes. and what who feeds that data is obviously human. So, in all our machine learning and all the extraction that we do and the categorization that we do, we've built um, a data set tool to actually feed that information and trained our, trained our algorithms on, on hundreds of thousands of articles. So, the first step before you see the new uh, Wolverine walking around or whatever it is, <laughs> is firstly, someone's got to do that laborious exercise of training up the different types of data Um, so I mean look at it with autonomous vehicles it's the same thing there is training of the data is coming from uber drivers doing circulating London um, every single day every single minute so it's about that data first so we shouldn't get too ahead of ourselves but the the benefits are huge though so great really interesting
0: so you mentioned uh, creating a a stronger platform for growth and scale uh, with regards to the investment you're receiving but also are you looking to expand your sales and marketing efforts, get the product out there? Ooh, where, where else?
1: Yeah, so you're right, actually. Well, I've got so focused there on the product. Um, what, what's our sort of more route to market as mm. well? And what's our plans for distribution? Um, so, Q3, as I said, the big focus is getting that Inflow AI edit tool out. Beyond that, it, it is for, for us, it's exciting. It's, it's going to be our first non tech hire in Q4 probably this year. Um, Myself and Toby are non-tech founders, mm-hmm. um, so we'll have uh, an accompanying non-tech person in the office, probably in Q4, and that'll be the, our first sales hire. Um, so we've got a few people in mind already for that, but that will be the start of the business development team, um, helping to sell that those two products, Inflow AI Feed and Inflow AI Edit. Mm-hmm. But also, we're looking to really um, scale up through a syndication team as well, because one side of it is selling the products that we have, the other is speaking to content creators and saying, look, we want to use your content because we can distribute and help you monetize that information. So there's, there's two separate parts of our business development team that we need to grow mm-hmm. in the next six months and certainly quickly in the next 12 to 18.
0: So, so where do you see your sweet spot then? Because very much, it's very clear to me, content creation, aggregation of that content, driving consumer adoption or attention of that content created, B2C, large organizations, big brands could, would would have a lot of value by using a tool such as this. Where else do you see there being a sweet spot? Because I understand it is very horizontal. You, your market is very broad and capable of serving many different types of organizations and different verticals. But for you to focus on a particular area, where would that be? That's
1: a great question. Because look, if you look at them, there's 4 million SMEs in the UK with a website and over half of those intend to spend more on content marketing
0: mm.
1: if you made a plan based on that you wouldn't really have a plan you just have a you know, what, what exactly are you doing so for us I think um, it's a really good point because the system is built to be generic which is obviously the value but in terms of strategy we have to be focused, focusing on selling to publishers initially because that's where coming back to your previous question time saving and These are the guys who employ content managers, and we wanted to show what a compelling, compelling you know number of case studies we can put together Mm -hmm. by selling to publishers and saying, "Look, you don't need this many people browsing for information." That's a sort of a painful exercise for these guys, and by by focusing on publishing um, initially, that's going to be our sort of focus. Um, So already, we're working with a number of publishers um, and talking to a number of large large publishers so they're working with the likes of the university paper who are um, a student uh, paper they were um, they're live in 16 cities across the uk i think Um, they previously had all their inventory tied up in print um, they've moved with the times. Uh, thank God for them. And now that everything is digital, and we are their sort of content engine. But there's lots and lots of small publishers, like the university paper, but not for students, for all different types of verticals. But we are focusing on servicing those types of companies. The interesting thing is that brands want to be publishers as well. So Absolutely. I speak of Extreme International before, and um, for example. But you know, the difference between a brand and a publisher, it's not easy to sort of differentiate the two both of them have to publish a lots of content and have to engage um, with a hopefully active audience so
0: Mm. yeah interesting interesting there's a certain sir richard branson who uh started off publishing a paper at university um uh sort of content that way so maybe maybe there'd be a good a a good organization to be in touch with in the future
1: (laughs) god yeah um i think he's sort of tied up on his island at the moment but the thing is he the interesting thing about Richard is that he obviously is a, a very good tennis player. Mm-hmm. So if I do ever if I ever meet the man, very likely, um, I'd love to play him at tennis. So. He, he
0: does have a competition yeah. on Necker Island, doesn't he? So yeah, he's, yeah, um, he's uh, yeah. With Wimbledon going on at the moment as well, are you getting any chance to Absolutely. to go yeah. and see, see see Wimbledon?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm tied up at the moment with the syndicate race and. I'm answering inquiries uh, as much as possible, which I, you know, I'd love to. Last year, I went actually. I went to Wimbledon last year with my uh, with my younger brother. Uh, sat in that queue. We got there at six am and it took five six hours uh, to get in. But you know, it is, I think, it's worth it. I think. Uh, no, it is worth it. I absolutely love tennis. It's a shame that Andy Murray isn't playing right now. Yes. Uh, yes. Carl Edmonds being the British number one, is always an interesting line. But you know, he's Thank doing you. well. He's doing well. He's got he's got the ability um, to get somewhere. Um, but you know, will it be Roger Federer again? I think it's very likely. Uh, he's looking on top of the game. He's looking all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's what 36 now, but uh, more assertive than ever. Yes. Uh, don't let I me mean, look. It'd easily come, become a tennis columnist if I keep going. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, well, the whole point is to have a conversation, a moment in time of where you are today. And we've covered off Inflow AI, uh, the proposition you have for the marketplace, uh, the Current funding round that you are uh, coming to an end with. uh, People who are listening, uh, invest in your own at your own risk, get your own advice. Uh, But uh, it's certainly something to look into um, if you're interested. And uh, Adam, I'm sure, will be happy to field any questions that you may have uh, around that. So that's the here and now. Where do you see yourself in the next 12 months? Because the idea of this conversation with bash is is that of here and now where are you going to be and then come back in 12 months time and 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 see what that journey looked like and then again repeat for series two and three and so on so we're going on a journey with you of learning and it'd be great to uh, sort of for you to share that journey with us yeah
1: absolutely so right now Just to give a snapshot of where we are now, where I think we could be, you're never going to be fully accurate with this, but we'll have a go. Right now we are two revenue generating services, Um, a lot of metrics coming from our first service and Flow AI feed and the edit tool is new. It's brand spanking new, the designs are being implemented as we speak in live in Q3. My plan for the next 12 months is, firstly in the next seven days, finish the syndicate room thing. Where I see this going in probably 12 months is look, we need to get a lot of traction on, on both services. And we are targeting 30, 30 or thousand a month by the end of this year. And mm-hmm. um, we'll have the the runway, excuse me, until Q two. And I see us really gearing up for an institutional raise back end of Q two next next year. Um, with various things, and you know, advise listeners to to really think about. Obviously, runway is the most important. Um, you know, ways to extend the runway. Things like R and D rebates have been an absolute um, pot of gold for us. And I think you know that that sort of runway can take us to, as I say, Q two, and then really what we want the plan is then is to is to raise a two three million pound round. Mm. Um, I want us to 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 stay in the UK certainly in the next year, um, even though the US is a sort of ten x market. Uh, programmatic advertising is is exactly ten x the size that it is here mm-hmm. four billion here forty billion there. Um, but there's lots to get done in the UK. There's lots of brands and lots of publishers, 8,000 publishers in the UK. So we're going to be very busy, um, tapping up as many of those as possible. Um, but I do see the focus of next year is getting to as much more substantial, um, revenues in preparation for that. What happens then, um, it will be expanding all areas of the business, um, we were, with machine learning what I've learned a big thing that we've all learned really um, is um, you know we're a team of 10 now but it's really important to have the right balance of machine learning engineers to software engineers mm. and in our case we've got a team of Python engineers and you really need sort of double the size of your Python team to your machine learning team just so they can implement um, all the software around the machine learning. And mm. We've learned sort of how to build the right ratio between the two and the deployment structures around that and how we work. So I see us, you know, in the next 12 months, expanding at a much, definitely a logical rate in terms Mm -hmm. of the backend to machine learning team. But um, right now we only have uh, one front end person, um, front end engineer who's very, very good and worked in the content space for 15 years. Um, We have a lot of plans, not only on the machine learning side, um, features such as personalization, working with DNA on the analytics, trending, as I've mentioned, trending content. But on the front end, there's going to be a lot of features clients have want. I mean, we launched this product in Q3. Um, there's already a list as long as my arm of yeah. what features um, on the front end that people want, uh, scheduling content, uh, buckets, boards, all these sort
0: of things. So we're going to be busy. Yeah. I'm a big fan of category creation and knowing what is different from what has been before and also uh, making Uh, a business understand a problem that they may not be aware of and how you service that problem. So there is a a functionality driven by your customers in what they believe, but there is a a shortcoming in terms of what they believe is not actually completely correct in the eyes of your strategy, your goal and and creation of a, a new platform that services a new market. So, I suppose there's a point I just wanted to understand your thoughts on category creation. Is it something you've considered to date uh, and understand how Inflow AI is different to what exists at the moment? Yeah, great question.
1: How how are we unique? What is mm. What is interesting about us? And the way to do that is explain, I think, the three key areas of the content space. Um, which I'm always talking to different clients and, and investors about so the three key areas just to explain so the first is um, your aggregation tools a few companies to mention that I always you know look and see how they're doing kind of thing uh, keep an eye on is uh, one is curator and another is publish this um, they're aggregators of information they um, help you find information but the problem with those companies, in my view, their products is that they do miss key content. Um, they focus around text and they focus mainly around RSS feeds, which is pretty mm-hmm. limited. And you know, if you're a brand, if you're premier in and you, you want to publish content to your commentary site, because as something as an artist playing there, you don't want to miss information. Right. Um, same for Extreme International. There's some really cool action sport videos out there, out there, and you're only pulling in text. What uses what? It uses that tool does that and that's, that's the same problem for different areas so that's the first area aggregation tools the second area in the content space is um, editor tools and sort of social media tools so you've got um, companies and CM content management systems such as wordpress mm-hmm. you've got Hootsuite that you can schedule tweets on etc um, these are editors they don't help you find content they just help you Make content, or at least create content within those editors, right. um, and then finally you've got um, you've got content recommendation tools or content monetization tools, and the big big ones are Taboola and Outbrain, um, and I'm sure you've seen this. Uh, for example, you know, these these are, they've been around some time now. Uh, Taboola and Outbrain, um, I think they're making you know, tremendous revenues per year, um, um, but you know what what they do is they sit on big high-traffic websites. Uh, For example, I'm sure you've all been on a Sky Sports article, gone to the bottom of that article and seen a widget. And that widget, um, that section of the website, I should say, is powered by Outbrain. And what it is is a load of JavaScript, and what it is is gossip content. Um, it's got to be Love Island this time of the year, I guess. Oh um, my
0: goodness. He, so, you know, he, what, you know, what's magic, that? Magic, <laughs>
1: what's magic, magic, what's magic mega to or something like that. And, uh, it's that kind of concept, which that kind of, that, that kind of stuff. Harry's razors. There you go. There's another one. Yeah. I could do with a shave right now. So yeah. I think pretty, yeah. So look, you're on sky sports article talking about how England are going to win the world cup. You're interested in football. Clearly. Um, why, when you go to the bottom of the article, is that irrelevant, information, gossip content, mm-hmm. um, about you know as we say mystic men whatever it is there um it's nothing to do with what you're looking at and that's that's another so despite them calling themselves content recommendation tools they're really just sort of gossip engines and what it is is clickbait Mm -hmm. forcing you in to click on it and they get a fraction of the revenue from that click um giving publishers a revenue strip so the three key areas as i say just to sum up is aggregation editors and recommendation tools we're different we're very different we um, firstly, don't miss key information. That's the machine learning part. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we are this one-stop shop. We're an end-to-end tool. We want to be a, the product that you can give to any business, um, although we're focusing on publishers initially. Sure. Uh, you can say, right, use this tool to find content relevant to you. We recommend it. Edit out to make it more on-brand, and publish a way to drive traffic to your sites, mm-hmm. which in turn boosts your presence, your loyalty with customers, and ultimately trust and revenue. So that's the, that, that's the differences, and that's the, that's a probably you know, a sort of good roundup of, of the market.
0: Thank you. Yeah, there's a number of influencers out there that talk about every company being a digital media company first. Think about the internet, the evolution of the internet. And yes, the content's out there for everyone listening. Uh, by all means, have a look. Um, but yeah, that's great. Thank you. Oh, cool. Thanks. So we're rounding up now. There's a few questions I'd like to ask you. Uh, this will ask every found, founder, of uh, startup and scale-up companies. Uh, so uh, just a quick fly around and just get an understanding of of first of all what it is and what your thoughts are around it. So just a, uh, what's the current book you're reading at the moment?
1: Uh, I'm mad about sport. I'm reading various autobiographies, boxes. I'm reading one uh, Andre Agassi's mm-hmm. open book right now. So some interesting lessons have come, come from that. Um, so one line that I particularly like in that book is control what you can control. Um, so that's resonating with me right now, mm-hmm. certainly as we're crowdfunding and lots are going on and you yes. know, only so many inquiries you can answer in a day and that sort of thing. So always, always reading about sport. I think mm-hmm. that, you know, we always hear about the relationship between sport and business and mm-hmm. the, the two, and I find that always fascinating. So, yeah. And
0: I I, yeah. I, I love sport as well. And I, I I'm a true believer of continual improvement yeah. and how that can translate from sport into business and uh, the competitive nature of winning and all, tr- just improving yourself to better oneself and then win and come out on top so yeah, i'm
1: also reading another one actually at the moment um founder of innocent smoothies innocent drinks mm-hmm. he does some interviews with various entrepreneurs founders um interesting people and he's uh, i'm reading that book lots of good insight in that as well
0: so reading two at the moment yeah great great so i was actually going to ask you about the uh What's the particular entrepreneur or business owner that you admire and follow at the moment? Ooh, I'm going to this
1: In terms of sheer excitement, it's hard not to say, Mr. Musk, uh, the chaos that that's uh, going on at the moment. Uh, you know, I'm very interested in cars. Mm-hmm. Autonomous vehicles is something that I'm watching and following and keeping up to date with. Mm-hmm. Um, so all his work with Tesla. Uh, I have to mm-hmm. say, probably have to say Elon Musk,
0: uh, that's interesting yeah. because with the car thing, there, there is a, a movement in the industry around pushing content mm. into the autonomous cars and how you consume that information that is is pushed to you. Because because it's autonomous, your attention is somewhere else as a, a passenger in that vehicle. So thinking ahead, there may be some synergies there in the future. Um, so sport, you're keen on sport. You mentioned a couple of couple of sports. What are you what's your favourite? Sport and how often do you get to oh to partake? Well,
1: that's a very easy question actually. Um, right now uh, it was tennis. Tennis. So I play. I play three, four times a week. Absolutely love the sport. Uh, obviously, you know Wimbledon at the moment. It's mm-hmm. hard to, to get away from it. Playing in all different tournaments. Uh, so play. Yeah, I play for Dulwich actually. So ah. uh, big big fan of big big fan of tennis. Great great sport. Um, oh, also I- love Formula One. So it's another one of mine a uh, bit more of a geeky sport.
0: But um Again the car thing, the technology. Again the car
1: thing. Yeah, exactly. It's come back to that. Um so those two really are my focus I like rugby as well. Mm-hmm. But I'd say
0: tennis and Formula One would be my answer. Oh, great. I'm yeah. surprised if you could get a course at this point this point in time with the uh, Wimbledon going on and everybody picking up a racket. Oh
1: exactly it's tough. It's tough. But you got you've got to get there early I think that'd be my advice on that one. Is, uh,
0: like with everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 Good, good. And then the the final question is what I'd repeat every year. So be prepared for this. I'm ready. Okay. I'm really, <laughs> yeah. Let's see. So yeah. what would you do differently now based on what you know? It's a
1: really good yeah. question. It's a really good question. I think the biggest thing that comes out to me right now is if the if the if the task is gets to institutional funding for an early stage founder can do you have to have so much machine learning in the product from day 1 the reason i say this is we have built the product from day 1 to have machine learning which is for us really interesting because it allows us to go from the revenues the sort of the revenue mrrs we are now mm-hmm. to higher revenues in the future much much quicker so, may, the, the, however the reverse of that would be can you do things more in a more sort of simplistic way initially, prove you know, your 20, 30 twenty, quicker in a shorter space of time and then say, right, we're going to get machine learning in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That could apply for a number of businesses, that sort of methodology. Both have merit because if you go down the first one and get machine learning in, you are going to scale quicker. Second, going to show traction quicker so I think there's some that's something that that's always plays in my mind um, which is something that every founder should consider is you know what's your first traction point okay. and how you gonna get there and for us it's gonna for me
0: it's definitely that so you're saying that you would you would have potentially considered building the AI capability the machine learning at a later stage and, and built more of the, the revenue engine and product first, the initial product.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't. There's something I battle with. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know we've, we've proven our revenues already to a point where it's, it's not massively, but affecting us. But mm-hmm. I'd say you're a new founder. You're running an ML business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Ultimately, you've got to show revenues if very, you know, in a decent yes, space of, of time. So, I would say just be mindful of clever ways to put machine learning in if you are an ML business. Of course, I'm going to focus on ML businesses to any ML uh, enthusiasts out there listening. I think that's a really interesting one. But I still, I think I maintain that what we've done is the right way of doing it because I'm confident from from sort of now we can really start to scale. Um, so that's, that's something to think about,
0: definitely. Great, great. Well, everybody, I think that's time on our conversation today with Adam Benzakri of Inflow AI, the co-founder. And uh, what a pleasure it's been uh, having yourself on uh, the conversations with Bash, uh, the first one, 101. Fantastic. And I, I appreciate Fantastic. your time and, and uh, I look forward to following your journey uh, over the course of the next few years to stardom, hopefully.
1: Thank you, Ben, and uh, a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. And thank you to anyone who's listening cheers
0: so what do you think we'll have another interesting story to dive into next week looking forward to it already some questions to you in the meantime what is your story what is your reality right now and what are you working towards let me know so you can connect with me on twitter just type in bash in the search and you'll find me so bash b-a-s-h easy on Instagram, it's bash reality, So that's bash underscore reality. And on LinkedIn, Benjamin Ashmore. Make sure you subscribe. And until next week, cheers.